Thank you. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. As always, I appreciate the music, the hard work that goes into it. Uh, and uh, we look forward to what the Lord has for us. 2 Timothy uh, chapter number 3. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting our construction moving, getting uh, these walls tore out so we can get more seats because some of you are confusing me because you did not save your seat. You're in a totally different place because that's all that was left. And uh, uh, I know some of you are looking forward to that so you can stake your claim. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Keep praying about all of that. Keep uh, uh, mention the two uh, special Sundays coming up. I do want to uh, mention those. And then uh, tonight I'm going to preach a message I, I've mentioned. Lord just put on my heart when my family and I was away recently. Um, some things to... Um, preach on Sunday nights. He put some things on my heart, that, 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 some things I could see happening uh, in, in our nation, see some things that are going on that affect our churches, some things that are going on in our churches. And I wanted to bring some messages to uh, help prepare us. Um, sometimes as a pastor, you have to preach on subjects because of something that's going on. I prefer to preach things to prepare us for what may be coming. And so I certainly want to bring some of these things, and I'm just going to be uh, just right up front from the beginning, starting with the one that I preached this evening. Some are not going to like uh, these messages. Some are not going to like what I preached tonight. Uh, but it is Bible. It is, it, these are subjects that I feel like have been ignored uh, in, in our churches generally. Uh, but tonight, I want you to listen to me. Some of this is going to uh, be uh, feel like a, a lesson. I'm going to read a lot of what uh, I have for my introduction this evening. Uh, but I do want you to give me your attention tonight. I want to, um, I always want to uh, elevate scriptural authority. America has an authority problem. Um, we as Christians, we have an authority, a problem. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the Word of God. Uh, it's still the authority. Amen. If someone has a problem with the Word of God, they, they're the ones that have the problem. We have a rebel problem. We don't have a Bible problem. There's nothing wrong with God's church. Well, the church, no, there's nothing wrong with God's church. Uh, we, have, we have a rebel problem. Um, we, scriptural authority is what must be elevated. I want to protect the cause of Christ. As a preacher of the gospel, it is my responsibility to preach this book to help all of us. I want to protect our church. Uh, as, I, as I approach the things uh, moving in the future, as I've done in the past, I always want to uh, preach and warn us to protect us. That's part of my responsibility uh, as, as a pastor. Part of that is identifying a threat uh, that threats that may come to us. So tonight, I want everybody to give me your attention. I want you to listen uh, on purpose this evening, but I really want the children to listen to me. I want the teenagers to listen very carefully to me. I want the young adults to listen to me, the young couples to listen to me. Well, since I've gone that far, the middle-aged couples listen to me, and the senior citizens listen to me, but especially the younger generation. I want you to listen very carefully to me. The devil wants to destroy the church. The devil wants to destroy your home. The devil wants to destroy your life, and he doesn't care how he does it. He wants to destroy it. The things of God are always in the crosshairs of our enemy. So I want to remind us of this this evening. 
And, and he wants to destroy the church. And one way he does it, he wants to get them off message. But if you can't get them off a message, he wants to take that generation that is to follow the generation before, and he wants to destroy that generation. No matter what your age is in here, Satan wants to defeat you. Uh, you're the older generation. He'd love to see you fall by the wayside because you're to be an example to the younger. But if he can get the younger generation, he can, he can, he can shut the doors on a church because there's nobody to pick up the truth and follow. The, the younger generation, the young adult, the, the teenager in our day is targeted by Satan. Like, I don't know when they've ever been targeted by him in the way they are. The methods he has, the tools he has, the technology. So I want you to listen very carefully to me. 2 Timothy 3, I'm going to read verse 1 through 5. I have preached many, many times from this passage of Scripture. I taught for a year on Wednesday night, referring to much of this chapter. But follow with me. This know also... That in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Now, we were in the last days when Paul wrote this, but we're certainly closer to Christ appearing today than we were at the time that Paul penned these words. Uh, if you think back to, as I've preached and taught out of this chapter, I personally do not believe that this is describing the condition of our world. I believe this is describing the condition of our churches. The things that go on in so-called churches among so-called Christians fits this to a T. I believe the greatest enemy to God's church is the same people who crucified Christ, the religious. Those who, as verse 5 says, having a form of godliness, a form of godliness, I believe it's the last days. I believe it is perilous times. I believe it is uh, those, those times when Christ could return. When the things that are listed in this chapter are evident in the churches of the day, in the Christian homes of the day. Tonight, if you think, I mentioned this morning, if you think about it to this morning, if you're paid attention, what I'm going to preach on tonight is found in verse number 2, and it's that phrase, disobedient to parents. I find it very interesting that when God preserves lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, verse number three, we as Christians like to take the stand, and we should, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, so many there. But in the middle of that list is disobedient to parents. Tonight I'm going to use the Bible, and I'm going to use this opportunity to preach on the subtle sign of the times, disobedient to parents. And I'll let you know that before I pray, I'm not talking about a four- and five-year-old child that's got, that just disobeys. Every four- and five-year-old, even yours, you, you've forgotten. But they did. But there's a whole other form of obedience that I believe that this is speaking of. And I think this will help us tonight. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray uh, that you would allow your word to instruct us. 
Uh, Father, you have given your word to instruct us so that we might follow. You've also given it to rebuke us. And Father, I pray the message you put on my heart tonight would uh, help us all. But Father, I pray that the warning that is given uh, would be used to keep a young person from going in a direction they should not go. And Father, may they look at things through the lens of Scripture. May we, as those who are rearing our children, may we realize the responsibility we have to teach them right, to teach them the Word of God. And Father, may we realize the opportunity, the responsibility we have to follow in the things of the Scriptures. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at this phrase, disobedient to parents, if we're not careful, it is easy to confuse this uh, with Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse 1. I've often mentioned to you that when I was growing up, I thought this was the only verse in the Bible my mother knew. <laughs> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. I think we would all agree that it is right for children to obey mom and dad. Now, I know we understand the context, but just to give further clarity, Ephesians 6.1 says, in the Lord. A, a, chi a child has no, no, if he's got to choose between God and mom and dad, we almost should always choose God. But they are to obey mom and dad. Uh, God gave every child, it was his plan to have a father and mother, uh, have a husband and wife, leave mama and dad and cleave, form a new home, and to rear those children in the nurture admonition of the Lord. Now, there's a lot, there's, there's a couple of different groups in the service tonight. There are, there are some uh, who have had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. Uh, matter of fact, let me, let, let me do this for me tonight. If you have grown up and uh, at least one parent has, has saved and they made an effort to bring you to church, maybe you, you didn't go as often as you wanted your children to go, but, but you would grow up in what you call a Christian home. Can I see your hand just very quickly? Well, look at that. You can put your hands down. Now, there are some, you're a first-generation Christian. You were saved, and you did not have the privilege of growing up with a saved mom and dad. Well, aren't you thankful that God still saved you? Um, but there's something, we have a responsibility to rear our children, obey. I knew at the home I grew up in, you had to obey. Uh, it was just an understood thing, you have to obey. Uh, so there's a, there's a good thing that we know in Ephesians chapter 6 where the children are commanded to obey. Let's not confuse this with 2 Timothy chapter number 3 in verse 2 where the Bible mentions disobedient to parents. I must also point out that in Romans chapter number 1, the latter verses of Romans chapter number 1, when the Bible describes the apostate, it describes the reprobate mind, meaning God has left their mind, meaning He has turned them over. In verse number 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers. Not a very good list, is it? Uh, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. This is a very serious thing. 
So I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't want you to get the idea that every, every child of God who might fall into some of the things I'm going to say tonight is a reprobate. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying it's a characteristic of a reprobate mind. I'm not saying that every adult child who has a rebellion is bring, ushering in the end times, but I am saying it is a sign of the end times. And it is something troubling that I see uh, in, in, our, in our churches, in, in our homes, and I, and I want us to be warned. This is an unusual church, you know that. The vast majority of, of, of people raised their hand just a moment ago when I asked who had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. That's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. But I want us to be under, understand some things that are taking place and these, the subtle signs of the times. In the future, I'm going to speak about our associations specifically through social media. And it's amazing to me, there are many that we follow and associate with and, and applaud through social media who fall into the category of what I'm talking about tonight. Somebody, I don't care if they preach behind the pulpit, if they are disobedient to the way they were reared, they are not to be applauded. See, there is a difference. Um, it is, this is not speaking of small children. This is not saying, man, there's four and five-year-olds that just disobey mom and dad. They're ushering in the end times. That's not what this is. These are speaking of adult children. In Romans chapter 1, those verses I read, it speaks of men, not children. It is referring to adults who are reared in a certain way. Now, now stay with me. When I was, that, the, the children obeying because mom and dad said so, that's one form of obedience. As we leave home, that does not mean that we have to call mommy and daddy and find out what we're supposed to do. But let me illustrate this. When I was a child, my parents would tell me to brush my teeth before I go to bed. Now, when I became an adult, my parents didn't tell me. I didn't get a call from mom last night. Did you brush your teeth? Now, she probably wanted to call me and ask me that, but... No, when I became an adult, they no longer instructed me to brush my teeth. But I didn't when I hit 18. Huh, I don't have to live under man's laws anymore. I'm not brushing my teeth anymore because I, I'm free. I'm out from under the, the bondage that I had to live under and those old-fashioned rules of actually trying to keep your teeth. <laughs> they did, they, when I became an adult, they no longer instructed me to brush my teeth before bed. However, because it was a habit formed in childhood, I continued to do so. Aren't you thankful for that? That is a specific type of obedience. We do what our parents tell us because they know what is best for us because we are children. The average child does not really, they don't want to do it. Because it is just not in them, but they listen and mom and dad instruct them and make them do it. Or we should because we know what is best. The second type of obedience that, I, that we're talking about, but the one I want to focus on tonight, deals with adult children who continue to follow the principles and truths taught by their parents. Let's apply that same principle 
to the things of the Lord. When I lived at home, I was instructed, on Sunday you're in church. I was instructed, there's a way a Christian talks, dresses, acts, lives. I was instructed about honoring God. I was instructed about kindness, the things that should exemplify a Christian. When I became an adult... I no longer receive that instruction, but I'm still responsible to obey what I've been taught. This second type of obedience are those who follow the principles and truths taught by their parents. They obey their parents because they respect what their parents taught them. See, maturity is not removing obedience from the equation. Maturity is adding independence to obedience. Did you catch that? Maturity is not removing obedience from the equation. Well, I'm an adult now. Well, maturity adds independence to obedience. When I was a child, my mom and dad were going to drag me to church. But when I became an adult, I didn't need them to drag me to church. Because in my independence to make my own decisions, I still obey. There is a responsibility to do that. We do what we do because it was what we were taught. I've had it said to me, well, you're just an independent fundamental Baptist because that's all you know. That's one reason. I don't have to go be stupid to figure out this is right. I don't have to spread my wings and prove I'm a man and just rebel against everything I've been taught. Either it's right or it's wrong. And God's word is right. Maturity is not removing obedience from the equation. Maturity is adding independence to obedience. A rebel is someone who has misunderstood independence. Rebels do whatever they want to do. I'm 18 now. My mom, I mean, and there's a lot of lot who, who fall in this trap and they still attend church. And I'm thankful they're still in church, but they have a rebel's heart. Because I'm out from under mom and dad. Your mom and dad were faithful to teach you the word of God. Whether you're 18, 19, 20, or 55, you still have a responsibility to obey the principles that you've been taught. Because mom and dad stood in the stead of God himself, teaching you the word of God. And it is a rebel who says, misunderstands independence. I believe, and you know me well enough to know, that I'm going to give you instruction. I believe that you are to rear your children to be a productive adult in society, but to rear your children to, to whatever God uses for them. They establish themselves and they have a home that honors God. They ought to be independent. They ought to be independent. I'm going to push them to be independent. But that does not be independent of the truths that they were taught while they lived in your home. The rebel, the re rebellion leads to destruction. Let me remind you what Solomon warned his son in Proverbs. See, when I became an adult, I continued to obey the things my father and mother taught me. I'm a different person than my parents. I mean, that's a just obvious statement. My dad pastored 32 years before I became the pastor. He and I have different personalities. 
he and I are different. You know why? We're different people. But I believe what I was taught. I have continued, and what I believe 2 Timothy 3 is referring to are those who were taught right in a, in a godly home. They were taught right from a child, and when they got to a certain age, they disobeyed the Bible truths that they were taught. One sign of a reprobate mind when God is no longer going to talk to them is disobedient to parents. This isn't an eight-year-old. God's not turning an eight-year-old over to, 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 to sin. These are those who have been instructed truth, and they tell God no, they tell God no, they tell God no, and finally God says, I'm turning you over. Now, I'm not saying everybody who is rebellious is in that place, but they're in danger of it because God treats this seriously. And we need to get out of the mindset of using people as an excuse because they changed or because they quit. You honor the right that you were taught. A rebel misunderstands that independence. I'm independent now. Well, I think I've proven I'm very independent. I'm capable of making my own decisions. But that does not mean... I have to, as the pastor of this church, I've got to discover if there's a different way. No, I'm going to honor the ways I was taught. I don't call my parents and have them make all my decisions for me daily. Instead, I make the daily decisions I need to make without forsaking the commands of my parents. I remember the things that I was taught. And I continue to walk in those ways. Now, if you, if, you're, if you didn't have that privilege to grow up in a Christian home, you make sure your children have that privilege. You make sure they have that opportunity. In the Old Testament, obeying parents was a critical part of the law. I referred to the law this morning in Sunday school. We see this in Exodus. We see it again in Leviticus. Deuteronomy reveals the severity of a rebellious child. Capital punishment was levied upon children who were rebellious and disobedient. Now, those who do not understand the Scripture and do not understand what God puts it in importance on will say, how cruel of a God. This was not somebody who disobeyed one time. We all have rebellion in our heart, do we not? We all show rebellion. We've all, in some form or fashion, rebelled against God. This was a child, not an eight-year-old, who didn't clean their tent. It was not a 12, 11-year-old who didn't put away all their things and mom said, how many times have I told you? This was a rebellious adult child who would not submit to the authority that God has placed on him, including, you've got to remember, you've got to remember, it was, it was, it, it, the, the, God's people were divided by families. And there was great-granddad and granddad and dad. And it was a rebellious child who said, I'll not follow God. I'll not go in his ways. I'll not keep his law. So instead of him influencing somebody else, God's law was to take his life. All I want us to see tonight is God takes it seriously. When someone is taught truths... And they turn from it. Now I want to make a few statements with this in mind. I want you to stay with me. Because God 
puts, put, it treats us seriously, and so should we. And now I'm going to laying that groundwork. We are to be independent, but not independent of the truths that we have been taught. I want to make some statements that where I see some, make some observations of what's taking place in our nation, in our churches, in our homes. Hopefully, it'll help us tonight. Let me say number one. There's adverse effects due to this disobedience. The, the rebelliousness, rebelliousness and disobedience of generation after generation has hurt our country. We, we have a government unlike any government in history. We have that constitution, which is unlike any governing document that's ever been drafted. In those founding documents, there were strict instructions as to how the government could succeed, and if you did not follow it, it would fail. Well, how, how do we fix America? Well, one, one way to do it, obviously the, the, the most obvious and pressing, is to get right with God, but just go back to the founding documents and just do what it says, and America will operate fine. But it's interesting that our founding fathers created government in such a way that if you excluded God, it would fail. If you study history, that is very evident. If you, if you had to be those who would follow the things of God or it would fail. Our country has gone further and further away. What's happened? They've rebelled. They've disobeyed from a practical standpoint those generations. So it has hurt our country. It's not the little children who have rebelled against the principles, the patriotism of America. No, it's not. Not only has is, is our country been affected, but our churches have been adversely affected by rebellious children. The emerging church, the contemporary church, and many other left-leaning churches are populated by young people who are taught better than how they are living. The bottom line, you can argue with this with me. This is one argument you will, will lose. I have done the research. I have done the homework. I know what I'm talking about. These churches thrive and exist mainly on those who grew up in Bible-believing churches just like this, and they didn't like the way the Bible says they're to live. And if they go to these other type churches, they tell you, you can live however you want. You, you, you want to live in adultery, live in adultery. Uh, you want to you, you you live a wicked lifestyle, live a wicked lifestyle. And they're full of rebellious children who were taught better. They were taught to believe the Bible was the inspired word of God. They were taught about convictions and standards as taught in God's word. And by the way, living a holy life is not legalism. And those that want to say, well, you just believe that you're supposed to be separate from the world. That's No, I believe the Bible. I believe what the Bible says. Unfortunately, they have disobeyed. And as a result, they have helped churches move further and further away from what is right. Parents, be careful. We're often guilty of hurting the church as well by making such statements as we need to appeal to our young people. We're not changing what God has said the church ought to do to appeal to the young people. Well, they like this music. But, well, they, they get saved. They might like, start liking spiritual things. They get their hearts right with God. They might start. I remember times when I, have, I was at a fellowship with God. I didn't like spiritual things. So the world shouldn't change. Hoping they will get right. That's not the way 
Listen, listen to the statement. We should not appeal to our young people. We should train them. We should not appeal to our young people. We should train them. Isn't that what the Bible says to do? Train them in the way they should go. Improper training leads to compromise. Now, the way you train them is we teach the Word of God, but then, Mom and Dad, you got to live it. It's hard to put an emphasis on your, to your children of being in church when you're not there. This is a simple illustration. And I'm going to make the statement, and some aren't going to, because we, have, we are living in a society when any kind of strength is, is attacked, uh, any kind of strength is maligned. But we've been too soft on generations of disobedient young people. What I mean by that, the result of that, is that parents change their beliefs to satisfy not their eight-year-olds, their adult children. We've allowed them to get away with saying, it's the pastor's fault I'm living the way I'm living. No, it's your fault. You have a free will. You're a rebel. It's the church's fault. You mean the church where, where volunteers gave up their Friday nights and Saturday nights to, to take you on, on youth activities and took off work and spent their own money to take you on youth trips? You mean, you mean the same church where you have Sunday school teachers who would pray for you? And where, they, where people would give so that you could have the things that you participated in, and, and so you could have all of those things. You mean that church, who, who where you got saved because they were faithfully preaching the gospel, that church where you met your mate, that church who loved you and cared for you, that church you don't know it, young man, young lady, uh, but it kept your mom and dad together uh, when 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 sin was pulling them apart. You mean that church right there? No, the church isn't the problem. The rebellious heart is a problem. Disobedient disobedient to parents is the problem. We've been too soft, letting them get away. Now, I'm not saying we don't have a love in my heart. You know me. I'm going to speak the truth of Scripture. But those who leave the word of God, I'm still going to keep a tender heart. I'm still going to have a tear in my eye. And I'm still going to have a hand extended that you can do right. You can put your life back together. You can honor God and honor your mom and dad. But I'm not going to water down the truths of Scripture when I see my country going to hell, when I see our churches crumbling, and it is be one of the reasons is because we have adult children who have been taught the Word of God, and they're disobedient to the things they've been taught. We ought to teach them what is right music. Well, they don't like that. They're 13. Well, they're, they're just not fond of that. Give them a year, it'll change. Whether they like it or not. Do you do the same thing with, it, with some of the same people who say, you're going to eat that because I know it's good for you. Well, they just don't like those spiritual things. I just don't know what to do. We ought to teach them why it's right. Now, I will, I will say, we shouldn't just say, sometimes it's like, this is what we do, this is why we do it, but there ought to be some teaching to it. Why we do what we do. Not only has our church has been adversely affected, our homes have been adversely affected. 
by disobedience to parents. Prodigal children are destroying many families. There are prodigals who stand in pulpits on Sunday as well. They have defied their parents regarding what is right. By the way, you're not brave. If you grew up in a home where you were taught the word of God, you were taught the truths of scripture, you were taught the things from this book, including separation, and you're not brave to stand up and say, I'm going a little bit different direction. You're not brave. You're disobedient to parents. I know this is preaching that you don't hear week in and week out from every pulpit, but it's preaching, quite honestly, that needs to be preached more often. America needs homes that enforce what is right. I've said this, I'll say it again. There's no heartbreak like the heartbreak of a prodigal child. The most difficult counsel that I have to give deals with a prodigal. Because 95% of the time, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, but just all I know to do is look at what the father did when the prodigal left home. He stayed where he was and just continued to do what he did. And when the prodigal came back, he ran and he met him. It's a difficult thing. And it's what needs to be understood, though, is our loyalty is to God's authority. Our loyalty is to the Word of God. It does not mean that we do not love our children when they leave the things of God. We, we prove our love for them because we continue to pray for them, and we continue to do the things that we taught them was right. Parent, listen to me very quickly, very, very, very clearly. If, God forbid, you have a prodigal that leaves the things of a God... And you change your position to go meet them. You have just told them that everything you ever taught them, all their excuses, they are right and God is wrong. Don't let your love of a parent, the love of a parent, get in the way of God's word. Let God do a work in their heart. And I promise you, when they get far enough away from God, they'll remember where mom is. They'll remember where dad is. They'll, they'll have memories of, of those that love them and care for them. Even those who, who criticize the way they grew up and criticize the very church that held them. Deep down in their heart, they know brother so-and-so loved them. Sister so-and-so loved them. That, that school teacher cared about them. They know. Don't move your positions because it will destroy your home. Statement number two. Society has placed the opinion of children above the authority of God. It's hard today to keep up with the social justice cause of the week. Who's supposed to be canceled this week? What are we fighting for this week? But have you noticed who's leading the charge in all the social issues, the social justice I don't see many senior saints out there. We're going to go. We're, we're, bring, we're bringing change. No. They're at home. It's the young people who are going a different way than they were taught. Hollywood, modern television and movies, they treat parents as fools and children as wise. Parents are ridiculed as foolish, silly, and clueless. That is clear contradiction to what God has established in His book. 
And might I also add, the Bible makes very clear God's disapproval of man's disrespect towards authority. God does not approve of disrespecting authority. Well, we got to hashtag this movement, and we got to we got to we got to shut those people down, and, and we got to do this, and, and we got to show that church, we got to show these. You know, God disproves of that. God will deal with that. He has established His authorities, but our society has placed the opinion of children. Well, we change our education because children want it. We do we do this because the children want it. The government now intrudes and in many ways tells parents how they can discipline their children and even deal with issues in children's lives. Might I just add right here, thank God for Governor DeSantis. I just felt like saying that. What would you do if you didn't live in Florida? I'd move as fast as I could. Children are made into little gods that we put on pedestals and worship. Well, they gotta have, they gotta have the they, no, no, they're supposed to be reared in the admonition of the Lord. It's become all about the kids in this day and age. Social media and governmental influence have interference have replaced parental influence. God's way still works. Mom and dad know more about their, for their child than a government does. And you look at everything bad that's taking place in, in, in our nation, it, comes, it goes back to broken homes. It comes back to moms and dads shirking their responsibility that God has placed on them and passing it on to somebody else. And by the way, let me remind everybody tonight who's still rearing your children, it's your responsibility. It's not the church's responsibility. It's not the pastor's responsibility. I will help you as much as I can. I will pray for your family. But God gave those kids to you. They're not going home with me tonight. They're going home with you. Let me say statement number three. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Churches have also become guilty of placing the value of children over that of parents. We have developed an entire child mindset in our churches designed to appeal to the child. Believing that if we attract the child, we will attract the parent. Our church, and because of that, our churches have become childish. You look at the advertisement of the average church that has left the Word of God or has never had the Word of God. It's all about childish things. It's never come because we have the truth. Come because we have the Word of God. Come because we'll entertain you. Come and we'll entertain your children. Therefore, we have become childish churches. Rather than reaching parents and helping them with a strong family, we have turned to entertainment. You know, Mom and Dad, it's important. I know some of you have your four-year-old, your five-year-old, your six-year-old. In some cases, even your 16-year-old still acts up in church. But it's part of them being under the preaching of the Word of God. They get it. Well, our, 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 this generation is leaving our churches because we don't have them in church on Sunday morning. We don't have them in church on Sunday night. We don't have them in church on Wednesday night. They get in a teen group, and we have something provided for them outside of the teaching of the Word of God. And then when they turn 18, we wonder why they don't want to sit in church. But let me also caution parents. Don't let your children determine your service for God either. What was it worth it? They, they, they left the things of God. Why? Oh, it's worth it. The, the rewards haven't been given out yet. And can I, can I caution? 
Parents with small children, don't let that baby run your life. Don't let that baby determine when you're in church, when you're not in church. Now, if, it's, if, if that child is sick, I'm not saying anything like that. And, and, and the best advice I can give you when, you when you have that first child is make sure you have them in a nursery. And that nursery is not in your room. Because that child should not dictate. Well, well, I'll serve God when they get to be at this age. Be careful what you make a God in your life. Well, I know they just, they just weren't happy about what the pastor said. Maybe the pastor was right and your precious child was wrong. Now, if I'm wrong, please come to me and say, Pastor, I don't want to talk to you about this. I'm, I'm welcome to have that conversation. Maybe the, 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 teach, the school teacher was right. Well, they act this way because, no, let's talk about they, why they act that way. We need to be very careful in our churches of not placing the value of children above that of a parent. One thing I've discovered in, in, in my years of ministry and my life in church, if you reach mom and dad, you've got a really good, you've got a really good shot at reaching the kids. But the percentages aren't as great if it's the other way around. Now, I'm for reaching children. That's why those buses run. That's why we have the emphasis we have. Because we want to reach children. And that's why those of you in the bus ministry, you remember, you reach mom and dad, you'll get the whole family. I thank God I married a bus kid. I thank God for every bus kid that's reached and everyone that serves God. But the goal is to reach the family. The goal is to reach, if you reach mom and dad, and that's why, say, Pastor, in, in 2021, what, what's the, what, what are you going to, are we changing their, no, the truth is still the truth. And it's still, the salvation, the spirit of God, Jesus Christ shed blood will still change man. Amen. We have made salvation into a gimmick to appease. Now let me just remind us, God's not happy with these attitudes. Deuteronomy 27, 16, Cursed be he that set his light by his father or his mother, and all that people shall say, Amen. Proverbs 30, 17, The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. You think he's talking about a five-year-old there? Exodus 21, 15, and 17, And he that smiteth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death, and he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Leviticus 29, for everyone that curses his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. Now, we saw this morning that the law is to show us that we can't live to God's standard. And, thank, and, and I'm thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ came and shed his blood. But we see the, the, the price that God, the importance that God places on it. Because of time, I'll not read some of the other scripture that refers to this. Proverbs 20, 20, I'll read this verse. Whoso curseth his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. Now let me say number four, and I'll be through. Fundamentalism is under attack from those disobedient to parents. This preacher, this pastor's greatest enemy tonight, outside of Satan himself, is not a lost world. It is those who sat in churches like this church and who have disobeyed the principles and truths that they were taught. The greatest enemy that Bible believers have is this group of people this evening. They attack the authority of the Word of God. There's nothing wrong with the Bible. They attack the church. 
Jesus hadn't called it home yet. They attacked the authority that God has set, the pastor, the parent. God established that. This is where I want the young people to listen very, very carefully to me. If you do not follow in the way that you were taught, it's a very serious matter. You will, it will take you places that you never thought it would take you. The very people who you love today, you will hate because of the progression that you go through. The very people who you would not be safe. I, I, and here, here, here's the thing. I don't mind if you disagree with my stand. But you ought to have a sense of appreciation for at least the fact that I pray for you. You ought to have a sense of appreciation. At least you had a church that you could belong to and you had people to pray. You don't have to take my stand in every single situation. But there ought to be a sense of appreciation and respect. And God help those who are disobedient to parents who grow up in a church like this and then get on the internet and run down their mom and dad and run down the church they're a part of and run down the truths of the word of God. God is not mocked. And there are those who, used to, who grew up in this church and sin got them and they are living in a lifestyle that, that, that they never dreamed they would live in and the sins of this world has gotten a hold of them in their heart. They want to get away from it, but it's entangled them. And all they want to do it, and let me remind you, sin gets a hold of you. It's a lot easier to put it down than it is to pick it up. But they have a sincere desire and sin has just beat them up. They have more hope than what I'm describing tonight. Those disobedient to parents who have forsaken their truths of the Word of God, and then they go and attack those very truths. Today, in most churches, the pews are filled with parents who are not only have a prodigal, but a scorner and a rebel. Mom and Dad, let me, let me help you. If you've got adult children that this might apply to, this is what makes it difficult. Because God puts the love in the heart of a parent that cannot be explained. God gives us a great picture of the, what we should do with a prodigal, but he also tells us what to do with a scorner. That's what makes it difficult. They, parents' hearts break as their children scoff at them, ignoring them and forbidding them, in some cases, to see their own grandchildren. This is pagan behavior, and it should not be accepted. And again, I say, there are many who stand in a pulpit who I think would fall into this category. Some would disagree with the statement I'm about to make, but I'm sure there's other areas that you're wrong as well. If you do not honor your parents, you cannot honor God. If you do not honor your parents, you cannot honor God. Let me say it one more time. If you do not honor your parents, you cannot honor God. The two go hand in hand. Those who dishonor mom and dad... There's a reason why they end up in the list of perilous times. There's a reason why they're in that list of a reprobate mind. Because if you would mock and you would make a podcast and you would get on the internet and you would, you would run down your own mom and dad who, who, who through them gave you life, who kept a roof over your head, who, who fed you, if you'll do that to the very people who have loved you the most, you'll do anything. 
you'll do anything. Pastor, I just don't know if that is true. Give it a little bit of time. Give it a little bit of time. Hey, young person, stay close to your mom and dad. You don't always have to agree with them. You don't always have to do the same things the same way they did. We do it all the Bible way. My home is very different than the home I grew up in. In one way, I had brothers. God gave me all daughters. It's different. You know, sometimes my dad would just come through because they're all boys like the Tasmanian devil, and bodies would be everywhere. Sometimes I'm like, bless God. I mean, I walk in, and everybody's crying. I'm like, I don't, I'm out of here. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So it's probably wise of me not to do everything exactly like it was done in my house. I say this and I believe it. I do not, and, and you, if you sat in the, in, under, my, under my pastorate, you know this is true. I don't demand anything of you. I just preach the truth of the Word of God. We all have a responsibility to live up to God's standard. You don't have to draw the lines where I draw them. Let's draw the lines where God draws them. But if you're not, have some respect, and while I'm at it, You grow up in, in a Bible-believing church like this church, and you leave and you change your living. You change your separation. Don't insult mom and dad by coming back to visit dressed immodestly. They taught you better than that. You may wink at it. God does not. You don't want to live the way mom and dad reared you? That's fine. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. You and God, God will work that out with you. You're accountable to him. But have a little respect and don't put your mom and dad's face in the fact that you've decided not to follow what they've taught you. I promise you, God doesn't overlook it like you do. That's not honoring your parents. If you have a disagreement with them, you ought to do your best to show that you don't have a disagreement with them. And if you have a disagreement with them, you ought to give preference to what they want. Hey, it's, your, it's your home. You live in your home. You do what you want to do. But there are Bible principles here that once again need to be brought to the forefront. They're still in the Bible. And God takes this very seriously. Amen. We got to honor mom and dad. There's a lot of second, third generation Christians that stand on their high horse. I wouldn't go here and preach. I wouldn't send anybody to their youth rally. They are disobedient to their parents. And they want to get on social media and they want to put their free now. And they don't have separation, they don't have standards. They've left holiness. The Bible principles of separation, that's another Sunday night coming, is still in the Word of God. It's still a holy life we're supposed to live. And, and if, if, fine, if you want to leave it, but how dare you flaunt it to mom and dad who believe it and, and have sacrificed to rear you in a way you ought to be reared. I know this isn't popular. but And I know I may be making some enemies tonight, but you'll just have to go to the bottom of the list. 
So I just made up my mind that I never wanted my mama to cry. I never read, crack open the book of Psalms and Proverbs and read what God says. Well, I just don't see it that way. Don't matter. Don't listen to me, young people. You ought to always be able to come home. You ought to always be able to have the people, your family, who help rear you. It's amazing to me that Christian school education didn't keep you from getting a job. Matter of fact, it helped you get one because you were taught to show up and you were taught to actually read an ad. You would always be able to come home. But there's, when you start saying, I'm going to leave the things that I was taught that is from this book. Now, if you grow up and mom and dad's a Gator fan, you can leave that. You can leave apostasy. That's okay. It's fine. You don't have to like the same ball teams dad likes. You don't have to like the hobbies that he likes. But if he was faithful to put you under the teaching of this book, and they were faithful to, to give an example of God's words and truths and point you to the things of God, you do have a responsibility to live in that way. The progression is you leave it, it dishonors, and then you attack it. Because you have to justify why you're living the way you're living. Mom and dad are wrong. No. Mom and dad aren't perfect. It's like, well, well my independent Baptist mom and dad, they just weren't perfect. Oh, my. My pastor, he wasn't perfect. Really? Anytime that's in doubt, you just speak to one of my family members. I get a list every Sunday night of everything that I misspoke. I can only imagine how long that list is going to be tonight. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. We have great days ahead of us as a church. And you... Young people, teenagers, young adults, young couples, those that are, that, that are in my age group, the enticement's always to leave the things that we were taught. We have a responsibility to never leave them. We place ourselves outside of God's authority. Say, Pastor, I, just, I don't like what you're saying. Friend, I didn't say it. I'm just repeating what God has said. Disobedient to parents in those last days is not misbehaving kids. It's adult children who grew up under the teaching of the Word of God and have left it. Romans chapter 1, the reprobate mind. When God stops talking, that's a dangerous thought. Disobedient to parents. How'd they get there? 
They were taught the truth. If you have the truth, how do you get yourself in that situation? You turn from the very truth. Hey, let's not let our own pride take us in places we never should go. Uh, it's, a great op- it's a great privilege to grow up in a Christian home. It's a great privilege to grow up with a mom and dad that takes you to church. Young people, you should thank your parents for saying no. No. Sometimes that's the best word you can hear. You ought to be thankful for a mom and dad. I, 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 it's, I can't, if I said it was not disappointing for those who leave here, they grow up in, in good homes, they grow up under the preaching of the Word of God, and they live different than they taught, because it is. But I at least have a measure of respect for those that still honor their mom and dad. I can get along well. But it's a different category that God puts this condemnation on who leave the very truths that they've been taught. And our churches that believe the Bible, our great enemy is not Congress. I mean, they're the world's problem. Let me just interject this. Say, Pastor, you know, you've never seemed to be upset that we have a Democrat president, a Democrat Congress. Let me tell you why. You know I study history. You know I'm a student of history. You know I love American history. But I'll say it like this. It's like giving a room full of monkeys a loaded gun. Eventually, there's going to be one left looking down the barrel. I mean, there's nobody else to blame. But God's still in control. That's not our greatest, greatest threat. It's a dangerous thing to turn from the Bible truths. It's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous trend. It's the subtle a subtle sign. Yes, unnatural affection is a sign. But it's in the same list as those that were taught the truth and rebel against it. Let's let the Spirit of God work in our hearts. Father, I pray that you use the message.